What's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Excited to be here tonight. All right. So for those of you tuning in, maybe this is your first time or you're you're checking out uh, Sunday service tonight. Uh, you know, myself and myself, Cody Barton, my business partner, Pace Morby, have been doing Sunday service for, oh my gosh, I think it's been almost three years now. And so the reason we started this podcast was because there's a lot of people that we wish we could get help from when we were first starting our real estate investing journeys and careers. And we figured, you know what, when we become successful, we will do the same. We will do the thing that we wish we had someone else do, which is help and give out content. Um, and our hopes is that we're able to give out, you know, some of this free information so you can take it, go take action and make your life better for it. And so that's why we do this. Uh, I'm excited to be here. And tonight we're going to be talking about, can you subject to a pre foreclosure? So I'm going to get into that. I'm going to I'm going to break it down a little bit more basic tonight and then go a little bit more in depth and and talk specifically why we're talking about pre foreclosures in general right now, because there is a really big opportunity, you know, that already is there and that is going to become an even more better opportunity over the upcoming next few months, next year, as things start getting a little crazy in the economy. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Happy Father's Day. Um, I saw, you know, there's some people, uh, if you're tuning in live, you know, people saying Happy Father's Day. Pace is going to be enjoying his Father's Day with Laura and the kids tonight. They're out to dinner and just enjoying their time. So we will be rocking together tonight on this topic. Curious to see where everybody's tuning in from. And by the way, if you're listening in, maybe this is your first time listening in, you're kind of checking out the community. If you're not already in the Facebook group, Creative Finance with Pace Morby, what the heck are you doing? There is a community of 50,000 plus people that are like you, that are anywhere from like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't know what pre-foreclosures are. I don't know that much about real estate. I'm kind of just getting into the swing of things. I'm probably in another industry right now, but I'm, or maybe I'm in a W-2, but I want to get figure this real estate thing out. That's what the Creative Finance with Pace Morby community is there for. So make sure to check that out. Introduce yourself, and you can find some awesome people in that group. Waiting for your acceptance. Yes. Yeah, so we typically have 50 plus people joining the group a day. And unfortunately, we actually had to set up questions at the beginning when people were joining the Facebook group because we had a lot of scammers that kept joining the group and posting, you know, scammy content, trying to sell stuff in there. And so that was just something that we had to do. So our team is on it. We have somebody awesome on our team named Victory that she will jump in there and get you accepted by tomorrow, I'm sure. So appreciate the patience on there. So let's go ahead and dive right in, everybody. The topic 
little choppy. Interesting. I might I might have too many tabs open. I'm curious to see. Put put a, put a yes in the comment section if you're if you're the type of person that keeps like 50 tabs open on your computer at the same time because you're going to eventually go back to those tabs. I'd be curious to see who's who's a crazy person like me and does that as well. Get some of these closed out. And so again, topic tonight is going to be around can you subject to a pre-foreclosure? So the the first part of this question that I want to address, just because there's there's definitely going to be some people, <laughs> there's other people. I have a hundred tabs open. I'm a crazy tab opener, 15 open. Everybody getting me in my soul. I, I that that is definitely me. So, you know, it's part of it. <laughs> Still going in and out. I got this new camera set up here with it sinking into uh, my microphone and like the whole setup coming together. Let me know. Put put a yes in the comment section if yes, you can hear me clearly and there's no issues. Because if there's a couple people having issues, it might be their internet. Ernest says, perfect. Brianna says, Good, good. Okay, perfect. Beautiful. Thank you, everybody. All right. So when we're talking about can you subject to a pre-foreclosure? So essentially, let's break down what is subject to have to be what has to be true for you to be able to take something subject to. So when we look at subject to in general, there's plenty of YouTube videos that can explain the bare basics of what subject to is. So I'm not going to go into that. But when we look at a subject to transaction, what has to be true? There are a couple things. The first thing that has to be true for you to be able to purchase anything subject to is there has to be a debt there, an underlying debt. So for example, if I have another homeowner, say I have my neighbor's house and I talk to my neighbor and he says, yes, I want to sell my house. Um, I don't have a lot of equity in it. Maybe it's a situation and he wants to sell it, wants to get out of it and doesn't want to have to write a check basically to close on it, to sell his house. So I could go to my neighbor and say, Hey neighbor, I'll buy your property subject to that existing mortgage. So essentially what's occurring in that event is the mortgage that was already originated say they you know he went to bank of america got a loan through bank of america 30 year loan he's making his monthly mortgage payments and i just essentially am going to him and saying hey i'm not going to assume the loan but i'll take it subject to so i will become the person that's on the title of his property and that debt that mortgage that was already in place is what I'm taking over. So I'm taking title subject to with the mortgage in place. So the mortgage stays in his name. I'm go then going to be the one that controls title and is making those payments on that mortgage. So let's move, you know, let's talk about, okay, uh, this is actually a good point from Speedy Moto says, no debt equals owner finance. That's exactly true. Effie says, no debt, no sub two. Exactly. So if we're looking at this, um, the you know when when we're talking about creative finance in general, can you for those of you in the comment section, 
Can you subject to and owner finance at the same time on a property? Let me know. Be curious to see what, what opinions we have here. Can you? Yep, we have yes, yes, yep. We have Donnie saying yes, Cody Richmond. Effie says yes, just another says yes. Tiffany says yes, call the hybrid. Exactly. Those of you that have been watching the channel of Paces or watching our content, you know this. So what essentially is happening is on your purchasing it subject to, so you, that mortgage is already in place, but you could also have an you know, uh, additional equity that could be paid out to the seller in another note. So say that the Bank of America loan was for $200,000, but the seller says, I want $250,000 and I, I only need $10,000 down, you know, just for the example, I need $10,000 down. You can take that $200,000 mortgage, but there's still $40,000 that needs to be paid to me. So that's where you write up basically another IOU, another note for that remaining $40,000. And so that's where you can have that, you know, hybrid situation where you have subject to and you have seller carry on that deal. So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about when it comes to pre-foreclosures. So with pre-foreclosures, first of all, First of all, pre-foreclosures are probably the best candidate to do subject to with. We have done more subject to deals with pre-foreclosure sellers than any other type of seller. And you may be wondering, well, what is a type of seller? Well, there's types of distress. There's types of situations that sellers have that you're going to be working on helping them solve. And so um, obviously pre-foreclosure is just one of those types. And so Essentially, what you can look at here is, um, you know, with, with a pre-foreclosure, there's obvious pain there, which, of course, they're not making their mortgage payment. There's something going on. Maybe it's a rental property. Their tenant's not paying the rent, so they can't afford the mortgage. Maybe it's their primary residence. Maybe uh, someone in their household got laid off the, from their job. Uh, maybe there's a health event that's causing them to not make their mortgage payment. Maybe they inherited the property from a family member, and now that mortgage has fallen behind. There's a lot of reasons why somebody could be in pre-foreclosure. But why is it that pre-foreclosure works so well with subject two, or subject two works so well with pre-foreclosures? Well, here's the thing is you have to, like any type of sale, there has to be a motivated party when it comes to the seller. You know, uh, the reason that, you know, some, some people decide to list with real estate agents is because they're motivated to sell, but they have maybe more of a normal situation where maybe they're getting a job transfer and it's not that, you know, fast and they have time to move. Maybe they just, they're going to upsize, move into a bigger home. Maybe they're going to downsize. Maybe they're in a two story and they want to move to a single story. There's a lot of reasons people would go and list with an agent. And those are reasons that, you know, the people selling for those reasons aren't typically going to be the type of seller that you find that's going to sell on a subject to purchase because they don't need to. They have multiple opportunities and multiple options. When when we're looking at people that are in pre-foreclosure, 
oftentimes they don't have as many options as these other types of sellers. They have a ticking time bomb waiting to happen, which is called an auction date, meaning that at, there is a time, there's a definite time, depending on the state that you're in, that they will be losing their property if they don't get those mortgage payments caught up or get it reinstated or just sell the property. You know, those, those are going to be the options. So if we look at somebody that's in pre-foreclosure, what are their options? They can, they can move out of the house, rent it to somebody. Hopefully they can, you know, catch up those payments. Usually not a good viable option. If they're months behind, it's, it's hard for somebody that can't make their mortgage payment this month to, in four months from now, magically be able to pay the four months past due and get their mortgage current. Right? So renting, not a great viable option. Getting a loan from a friend or a family member. That's another option. Is it a good option? I don't know. Usually not. They can, you know, maybe they sell some stuff in their house. Maybe they sell a car to try to raise the money to be able to get their mortgage on track. Uh, maybe they do a loan modification. Sometimes the banks will, you know, a lot of the times the banks will try to work with the homeowner because contrary to popular belief, banks don't want to take the properties back. Banks aren't in the real estate business. They're in the lending business. And so they don't want to actually take the property back. They want to just continue collecting payments on the note that they created with that homeowner. And so when we're looking at this, um, you know, the, the bank will sometimes, you know, they're say they had a 30 year mortgage. The bank will say, Hey, you're having a hard time making your payment. Why don't we reduce your payment to half of what it is for the next six months? Let's try to get you caught up. And then we'll just extend your loan from 30 years to 40 years so we can get you in a better situation so that you can continue paying this mortgage and start getting it caught back up and get yourself back on your feet based on whatever, whatever event that person or family might be going through. So those are things that can, uh, those are things that could be happening with somebody that's in pre-foreclosure. So we talked about, of course, they can rent it out. They could rent the property. They could list it with a realtor. If that's an option for them, sometimes that can work. They can get a loan modification. Um, there's not too many more options for them besides, you know, getting loans from friends, family, whatever, to try to get that, that mortgage caught up. Um, and so why subject two really works well with pre foreclosures is because the person that's already in pre foreclosure, their credit is screwed up. They haven't been making their mortgage payment. Even if they had, you know, maybe a seven, 800 credit score before they started missing their payments, their score is now tanked into the 600s, low 600s, 500s, and below. And so at an opportunity of an investor, meaning myself or one of you listening to, to this podcast, they do not have a lot of options. And we have a unique solution that can solve multiple things for them. They're behind on their mortgage. They're missing, you know, obviously they're missing payments. Their credit score is getting jacked up. And you're coming along, bringing them an opportunity to be able to get their mortgage caught back up. Um, here's, here's an example uh, of, of a deal that, you know, we were able to help a seller out on. So the seller, this is a house in Chandler, Arizona. The seller was living in the house. He'd been living there for 20 years. He, he, his family, you know, his kids had grown. They'd moved out of the house. He was now living there just by himself. And he got on hard times. He'd lost his job. 
and he had refinanced his property a couple of times. So he still had a pretty, you know, a good amount left on his mortgage to pay and without a ton of equity either. And on top of it, the house needed a little bit of work. So trifecta of th bad things, you know, losing a job, having a higher mortgage, house that needs fixing up where it doesn't make sense to go list that property. You know, we came to this property that was in Chandler and we're able to purchase it subject to. And here's the cool thing is we went in with the seller and, and basically there wasn't much equity. There was like maybe $30,000 of equity there, but the property needed 15,000 in work. But why it made sense for us is because we could go in and purchase the property. And after doing a little bit of that fix up, be cash flowing a few hundred dollars a month. Like we were cash flowing about $350 a month on this particular deal. So it wasn't a ton of cash into the deal for us, but we were able to help the seller out. We took that, you know, we took that mortgage that was in place subject to started making the payments on it. We did a little bit of fixing up. We put a, a tenant in the property, the seller that sold the property to us went to go rent from a family member of his. And during that time, where he hadn't been making his payments for months, we reinstated his loan. We started making those payments on the property. And we actually, this is, you know, it's been a little bit of time now, but within a couple of years, we've, you know, now sold that property and his mortgage, you know, his credit history was now updated for over two years where he was missing his payments to now he reinstate, it was reinstated because we reinstated it and we made those payments. So his credit score improved and now he's in a situation where he can buy a house again, got a new job, was able to get out of the house, was able to not have to do any fixing up, didn't have to have uh, a foreclosure on his record, which would cause him to not be able to buy another home for seven years with traditional bank financing all because of subject to investing. And there are a million and one things that you can do with subject to, but it's 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 really just like a a tool in your tool belt, right? Like like a con, you know, a construction worker is going to have a hammer, a screwdriver, you know, maybe they have a saw, like they have different tools to accomplish different things. And so the reason that I wanted to, you know, talk about subject to uh, and and how that affects, you know, with pre foreclosures is because this is another thing for you to be able to do to go and serve more families, to go and serve more people, and help them when they're going through these tough situations. I don't know if anyone's been paying attention, but interest rates have went up from three percent just a few months ago to over six percent which is drastic, which is a drastic increase. Now, that is obviously going to cause ripple effects in the real estate industry. The other thing is, if anyone's been paying attention to cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency is tanked, like Bitcoin significantly down. The, the coin Luna crashed, gone, literally disappeared, evaporated off the face of the earth. Platforms like Celsius that would state cryptocurrency going into bankruptcy. People aren't going to get their cash out. There are going to be people that are hurting. There already are people that are hurting. And so with this craziness going on with, you know, cryptocurrency, the stock market adjusting, going down and, you know, sideways and, you know, a lot of uncertainty in those markets, interest rates going up. There is a lot of uncertainty that's happening in the market. And so with what we can do 
myself, my Pace, you all listening to this right now, we have an opportunity to be able to help a lot of these people that are going to be hurting. And I say that in a way of, hey, I'm not saying we're going to go, hey, you know, we're going to go take advantage of people going through hard times. What I'm saying that we have an opportunity to do. And the reason that, you know, we're talking about sub two with pre foreclosures is because you're going to be more well equipped to serve those people. You can sit down with a family. You can be on the phone with a family and understanding that maybe a cash offer doesn't work for them because just the numbers don't work. They don't have enough equity in the property or a million other reasons why cash offers could not work on that particular deal. But either a subject to or some sort of creative finance situation can save that family's situation, create a better one for them and keep them on the property ladder where they're not going to go into foreclosure and not have an opportunity to have their family own a home for seven years again. That's the opportunity that we have with creative finance. And yes, I know I'm talking a lot about the seller. And obviously our goal as a company is to be profitable. Like we don't, we aren't running a charity here. I know I'm talking a lot about like we can help people and help these sellers and help them through these situations. That's our job to do. That's why we get paid the big bucks is because we know we can put creative solutions together to solve the problems that other people don't know how to solve themselves. That's why we can make a lot of money and in turn control those mortgages subject to on those pre foreclosure properties, turning those into rental properties of our own turning those into Airbnb properties where the areas make sense to do it or, you know, turning them into sober living homes or turning those into, um, you know, traveling nurse, you know, rentals or, you know, short-term midterm rentals. Like those are the opportunities that we have. And especially with the people that have bought in the last one year, two year, three years, you can be getting subject twos on deals where their interest rates were in the 2% range, 3% range, low 4% range. And I'll tell you what, pretty much most properties that are median priced and below are going to be able to cash flow when you have interest rates that are that low. And so this is the time to be skilling up. This is the time to be doing the work. This is the time to be understanding your market that you're doing deals in and to be networking with other investors. And if you're on here and you're like, oh my gosh, Cody, like I just learned what subject to kind of was. I still don't really understand it from this one podcast. Go to Pace Morby's YouTube channel. Go to my YouTube channel. We have tons of free content showing you exactly you know how these types of deals work we have case studies of deals that we've done that we're doing and of course we do sunday service every sunday because as we enter a recession and and just so everybody knows like what the what's what the heck's a recession a recession real all a recession is is two quarters in a row where we have negative gdp gross domestic product for the united states that's entering into a recession is too negative. Quarter one of this year was negative. Quarter two, we haven't finished it yet, so we don't know where we're going to finish up. Maybe we enter a recession this quarter. Maybe it's not till later this year or into 2023. But the thing that matters is what you do in the meantime, what you do to skill up so that you're able to be in a position to take advantage of the opportunities that are, that are there 
and to be able to serve the families and the people that are going to need your help that are in pre-foreclosure. Because obviously sub two is just, again, it's a tool in your tool belt. Like it's using a screwdriver when you need a screwdriver. Um, you know, you have your cash offer, which is like the hammer. It's like, bam, like, you know, cash offer is this, that's what it is. Close in two weeks. You know, like that's obviously what a lot of people are doing. Um, sub two is going to allow you to be a little bit more creative. Obviously, if you, you know, you could do subject two with an owner finance involved in the deal too. Like there's so many crazy things like We've done deals where we've subject to AC units, like where we bought the house sub two and they had a loan on their AC unit for like four grand still. And so we just took over the payments on the AC unit as well. So like there, there's a lot of different things that you can do to get creative because that would have been an extra $4,000 out of our pocket that we'd have to put in the seller just to pay off the AC. So we just said, why don't we just make the payments on that too? So there the the money is in the creativity on what you could put together for the deals to be able to work so would love to get um would love to see you know any questions that you guys might have around you know whether it's subject to or whether it's you know pre foreclosures in particular um i'm going to yeah why ceo says wow that's new sub to the ac unit yep because if we could not have to put out another $4,000 in cash, why not? You know, all we could get is a no, right? All right, let's see what questions do we have here. Questions around creative finance sub two pre-foreclosures pre-foreclosures i'm telling you guys there is a really big opportunity a really big opportunity that's going to be coming down the pipe over the next six 12 months jamari says it's a great feeling to know you saved a family from devastation of foreclosure and left them better than how you found them i love it i love it that is 100% what it's about. Study Hustle says feds announced rates will increase 18x in the next two years. I don't know if it's going to increase that much, but I know it is definitely going up and up and probably will continue to go up through the rest of this year and into next year. But you know, the great thing about that is as interest rates are going up, the people that understand this creative financing have the upper hand over people that just know how to do cash deals. Everybody that's out there, you know, offering cash for properties, and then they're trying to do the burr strategy, which is where you buy, you rehab, you rent it, you refinance it, you then go and repeat that process. A lot of people doing that strategy are going to be SOL because if rates continue to go up and you're trying to get rental properties at seven, eight, nine, 10% interest, it's going to be a lot harder to get deals that do actually cash flow at those higher interest rates. And so that's where mastering the skills around subject to and seller finance deals is what's going to allow you to separate yourself from everyone else that's calling those same sellers and offering cash deals that are significantly lower than your offers can be because of the type of terms you can offer. Alexandra says, thank you, Cody, for breaking it down, taking notes. Hopefully this can be helpful 
and you can take this and implement All right, let's see. Saw a couple. Saw a couple good questions here. Let me get back to them. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, Mahmood says, "How does it work with the missed payments? Do you just catch them up, or how does that happen?" Okay, so simplest way to to explain this without you know spending a 10, 20 minute explanation on all the specifics. Um, Pace actually has videos on his YouTube channel explaining how that you know the the specifics happen. But essentially, Mahmood, what you do is you you have a purchase contract. You know, literally purchase contract between you and then that seller. And on the purchase contract, you're going to have the terms, you know, buyer to be purchasing this property subject to the existing mortgage, cash to seller to be whatever it is, $10,000, $20,000. And you essentially give that to the title company. There's, you know, a packet of all the documents that we'll use. But we, um, you know, we give that to the title company. Or if you're in, a, in an attorney state, you're going to give that to the closing attorney. And they're going to do all the paperwork. So what they're going to do, Mahmood, the title rep or your attorney, is they're going to call the, the lender and they're going to request a reinstatement of the loan. The seller can do that too, but they the, the attorney or the title officer, they're typically going to call the lender that the seller uh, has in place and ask for uh, a reinstatement. How, you know, what's an updated reinstatement amount? And so say it's, you know, $16,000 to catch it up with all the fees and everything. Well, essentially what's going to happen is at the closing date. So say the closing date is July 10th. They're going to, you're going to have in your purchase contract, you know, seller to receive $10,000 and, you know, buyer is going to, you know, catch up the mortgage essentially. So whatever that amount is, $16,000 at closing, your cash to close is going to be that money that's due to the seller. And the money that's due to reinstate to catch up those back payments from the seller. And so once those are caught up and you know you're now on title of the property, then you just set up to continue to make those mortgage payments. So that's that's essentially what what that process looks like. I know I made it sound super simple. It's not that complicated. Um, and you typically are gonna have, you know, an escrow officer or, or a closing attorney that'll um, that if they understand how to do these transactions, they'll make it pretty easy for you. So I saw there's another question here from Tiffany. So Tiffany said, where's the best site to get pre-foreclosure leads? So we Sunday service is actually sponsored by Batch Leads. So if you go to batchleads.io forward slash Sunday, you can get 5,000 free records and you can pull your pre-foreclosure data right from there. It literally takes two minutes to do it. You log in, you find what city that you want to find them in, you search, you know, pre-foreclosures, and then you could, you know, you can make it a little bit more specific, like if you only want single family homes or condos or manufactured homes or, you know, homes within a certain price range, like, so you can, you know, uh, adjust that a little bit, but um, batsleads.io forward slash uh, Sunday, you can get 5,000 free records on there. But great question. Super easy to be able to pull them off there. 
Effie says, Cody, I know we should be meeting these folks in person. Can it be done from a distance? So that's all our team does. All our team does internally is we, we close deals from the phone. We don't typically go to seller appointments anymore. So yes, this can all be done from the phone. We're in the 21st century. You can do DocuSign. Yes, does it take a little bit more time sometimes to get the seller on board with this type of transaction? If it's just done all over the phone, it can, but it most definitely can be done and we do it every single month. Uh, Donnie, hopefully I answered that on finding the pre-foreclosure list. Jasper says, how do you usually first approach pre-foreclosure leads? This is how you call them. Hey, John, my name's Cody. I was calling to see if you, you might be open to selling your property over on 123 Main Street. F you, don't call me again. Maybe he says that. Or maybe he says, well, what's your offer? Why? Why are you calling me? Like there, there's different things that they could say, but like you don't have to overcomplicate it. Like the, the biggest thing that people do in this business is overcomplicate it. Like you need like some like ninja tactic, like have a conversation. Hey John, you know, I was calling about your property on 123 Main Street. You know, I was looking at, uh, you know, I just bought one around the corner, um, looking to buy more in this neighborhood. Would you be open to sell? You, you wouldn't be open to selling, would you? Oh, I, I might be. Okay. Well, um, I guess, you know, tell me a little bit more. I mean, I, I don't know if it would be a good, I don't know if we'd be a good fit or not, but you know, uh, tell me more about what you're looking to do. What do you, you know, do you have an idea of like your timeline? Like are you trying to sell now next couple months? Like what's that look like? Oh, well, da, 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 da. they'll tell you the story. And like when you're, when you're having that conversation, you're trying to identify what their motivation is. You're trying to find their timeline. You're trying to find the condition of the property and ideally a price or like a range of price you know, what that they'd be willing to sell for. Oh, well, John, you know, do you have an idea or even like a ballpark number in mind? Like, you know, anything at all? Like, like you just have a conversation with people, but there's obviously certain information that you're trying to get from that conversation, but that's the best way. Like the best way isn't, Hey, you're in foreclosure. Let me help you. It's like, that's embarrassing. Like nobody wants to be called and like told that, or like door knocked and told that, like, we just have just a conversation. And then you know, if that comes up in the conversation, like, oh my gosh, well, let's, how, let's see if we could help you. You know, I don't know if I would be a good fit, but maybe you should list it with a realtor. Maybe, why don't you just rent it? Why don't you get a loan from a family member or a friend? Like there's, that's how you have those conversations. Like these are real people. And so it's like, we always, you know, teach our team, like have the conversation like you would just like someone that you care about. That's, that's what it's about. It's consulting with them and being okay that maybe your solution isn't the best one for them. Maybe the best option is they should list the property and that's a way better fit. Or maybe it is a better fit for them to sell it to you sub two or, or cash because it just makes more sense for the situation. That's, that's how you want to approach people. Hopefully that makes sense. Orlana says, how do you figure an attorney state or not? Just Google, um, Google for your state. Like is air, you know, is Arizona a title company or attorney state for real estate? And you'll literally find that out. Uh, 
Let's see what other questions we got tonight on this beautiful Father's Day. Nikki says, how much are interest rates now? I mean, for first-time home buyers, they're like up north of like 6%, so higher for uh, people that are going to be owner-occupying them. Mohammed says, what if they don't answer the phones? How do I overcome that? You call them, you text them, you can go door knock them, like whatever it takes. Like if you, if you think that there's an opportunity there, like whatever it takes to get a hold of them, like a lot of times they're not going to answer the phone. That's just part of it. That's where you have to overcome. Um, so Robert's asking, what's the difference between foreclosure and pre-foreclosure? Pre-foreclosure is when they've started missing payments and there's been a notice that's been given to them that, hey, Susie, hey, John, you're pro you haven't been making your mortgage payment payments and based on the laws deemed by the state and the you know mortgage documents you signed when you first bought the property, in X amount of time, your property is going to be auctioned off to the highest bidder and you will be forcibly removed from the property. That's pre-foreclosure. Foreclosure is property is auctioned. It's foreclosed on. You're out of the property. That's really it. Joel, explaining seven ways to save their house in the beginning. Good idea for cold calling or only for door knocking. Do it once you've like established rapport. Like you don't ever want to just like start a conversation and being, you know, just like attacking someone's situation. Like you want to, you want to build a little bit of rapport and rapport isn't like, what's your favorite color? Like, oh my gosh, like you like grass too. And oh my gosh, like you have a dog. I have a dog. Like that's not rapport. Like rapport is like establishing like a professionalism in the conversation of like, I know what I'm doing. I know what you're going through. I know your situation. I'm treating you, you know, I'm treating this conversation like a professional conversation, not professional. And like, you can't be yourself, but professional is like, I have a presence in the conversation of like, I'm confident. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm trying to accomplish. And I'm trying to identify whether I could help you or not. And like, that's the rapport that's being built in that conversation. see uh majdi i'm sorry if i i said your name wrong there but um have you had success with va closing a foreclosure lead via phone calls a lot of times we are noticing they don't answer so i want you to think about this um if you are in foreclosure let's just talk about like the avatar of like somebody that's in pre-foreclosure they aren't making their mortgage payments would anyone guess to assume that if somebody is not making their mortgage payment, they probably aren't making what? Their car payment? They prop because the thing is like that's like the last thing to go. If you, you know, you stop making your car payment, you stop making your, you know, you do make your utility payments so your AC is still on and your utilities are still on, you stop making your mortgage payment, you stop paying, you know, your phone bill you stop paying all those other bills, your credit card bills, right? You stop doing those things and then you stop making your mortgage payment. So imagine, imagine this. 
how many people are probably calling you when you aren't making your credit card payments, your mortgage payments, your car payments, your medical bill payments, all your bills? You aren't paying any of them because by the time you haven't been paying your mortgage, you're not paying a lot of other stuff too. They're getting hounded. Like people are hammering them with phone calls and there are a lot of debt, like debt collectors calling, banks calling. So yes, it's going to take more time to get through to these people sometimes because they're getting bombarded with calls. People are trying to collect money from them. So yes, you probably have to call them multiple times from, you know, where you're a, a random phone number that they think you're another debt collector. That's just something that you have to, you have to remember. Ramon says these people must be stressed out. They are. And so that's where you have to think. Um, you have to think about that. Yeah, Chuck says bill collectors calling, so they don't answer our call. That's where you have to call multiple times until you get in touch with them. So this is a good one. Why Vasily says, why would a house with lots of equity be in pre-foreclosure? I saw many of them today in my area. Well, here's the thing. Real estate is illiquid. You only get the money out when you do a cash out refinance, uh, a home equity line of credit, or you got to sell the property. There's not many other things you could do. And so think about it. If you have a hunt, say you have a $200,000 mortgage and your property is worth 500,000, you have 300 grand in equity. And you would wonder, you'd say, well, why, why aren't they making their payment? They have 300 grand in equity. Well, they just lost their job. They were living paycheck to paycheck. They lost their job. Now they can't pay their mortgage. And so you'd say, well, get money out of the house. Can you go to a bank and refinance if you don't have a job? If you have no way of saying, hey, I can pay this money back. You can't go unlock that 300,000 in equity because the bank's going to say, well, you don't have a job. You aren't making your payments now. How are you going to repay back the new loan that we're going to give you? That's going to be your answer. So the option is a lot of times these people just have to sell because even though they have equity, they can't access it. They just can't take money out of their property. It just, it just doesn't work that way. Without a shadow of a doubt, JF says, uh, question, what list would you focus on if you're starting out today? Pre-foreclosures. That's it. That's all I would do. I would, I would, I would become an expert at pre everything pre foreclosure and how to solve those people's problems. I would be calling them. I would be texting them. I would be door knocking them. I would be mailing them. I would be doing everything possible to get in touch with those people and be trying to help them solve their problems. That's what I would do. They are the, the number one list that you can pull that are literally raising their hand that they're is financial pain currently in their life because why else would they not be paying their mortgage? And so it's your job to find out what that, what's causing that pain and see if you could help fix it. If you can't, you can't, but if you can, you know, you make money. How do you get past all the angry sellers? Call more sellers. Call more sellers. There's going to be angry sellers. That's just that's just part of the deal. 
would you be angry if you were getting 20 phone calls a day from bill collectors and you couldn't pay your bills and you're stressed and you lost your job maybe or you have a health issue with you or your family member would you be upset i would be and you're calling me to save my house you thinking they're thinking you're a vulture trying to steal their house so that's why you have to call and then get through that barrier and keep trying and keep trying to help them and people have to be willing to talk to you too you know that's that's part of it april says i got yelled at today when i was doing my own prospecting for pre-foreclosures i'd get yelled at every day every day I got chased out of someone's yard by their dog when I was door knocking in my first year working pretty much strictly uh, pre-foreclosures, driving for dollars and then working pre-foreclosures. It is what it is. Choose If you want to be in this business, like that's it's part of it. <laughs> if you don't want to get yelled at, do something else. <laughs> or don't be a, a, the person that has to talk to the people. Do the systems. <laughs> Alexandra, I love the camera look and pause. Give give me um let me know a rating, like on a scale of like one to ten, how much better is my camera this week than all prior weeks? If anyone um anyone that you know actually watches frequently. I'd I'm curious if it looks better this week than it normally does for my setup here. This is where I'm just seeking approval of the setup. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. I got it. I got up to a 12. Thank you. <laughs> uh, our media team set uh, got me set up a black magic 6K camera with I don't even know what type of lens. I'm clear and not fuzzy. You can see all of my all of my flaws. Dustin says, "Was your camera last week a potato?" Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Thank you, thank you, Kashif. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. I I know if you guys knew how many times that. Um, if you knew how many times Pace like wanted to like karate chop me for like not having my camera set up done right for how many times we've done this, it I don't even know so many times. But at least my 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 audio has been crispy, so you know it is it is what it is. Um. All right, so let's let's do uh let's do a couple a couple quick questions here. Ryan Hayes says, hit the like button. Yes, if you're getting any value, guys, come on, like help help us out here. We want to continue growing the Sunday Service Podcast. If you if you've learned anything here, like these are the things that we had to like had to just suffer through because we couldn't figure it out. Like we had no idea 
how to solve the things that we're teaching on. Like these are things we just had to learn through and grow through and like learn how to do things the wrong way. And so, you know, that's where we want to continuously be bringing this information so that you can get little nuggets from it and hopefully be able to take some nuggets that make sense for you and go and implement those things. Like that's, that's where Pace and I get emotional income from doing Sunday service is being able to give this insight and then hearing stories of people that are in, you know, listening to this podcast and hearing about how they did something and it made their life a little bit better because of that. So let's, let's hit a couple, couple, uh, last questions here and we will wrap. Someone says I could see the frustration on Pace's face. <laughs> Joel says, I love Cody's simplicity. Thank you for being you. Thank you. I just like the contents there. I don't care about how it looks, but you know, gotta start to care, right? You know. They said you make too much money to not have a better setup. And I said, okay. Alexander says, I saw the frustration. <laughs> love it. Oh, here's a good one. Kashif says, for newbies, do you recommend coaching uh, to do sub two? Um, Pace's sub two program is a lot of the time already oversold and on a waiting list in a lot of different markets because they sell it by market. Um, so you could always see if there's anything open there. But I would say what you should do is if you're not already, join the Creative Finance with Pace Morby Facebook group and go and introduce yourself in there. Go and say, hey, guys, you know, my name's Cody Barton. I live in Arizona. I'm this many years or this new to the business. My goals are this. Here are the things, here are the skill sets that I have. Um, it, you know, I'm looking to squat up or connect with other sub two students, like connect with the students because they can, you know, be able to help you as well. So that's what I would suggest. I'll never tell people to go just, you know, blindly go spend money on coaching. Like, squat up with some people that are doing it. And then, you know, maybe, maybe the coaching could be a good fit for you. I don't know. Damn. All right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick the last, a uh, couple of good questions here. I know, right? Dustin says, can't believe it's already been an hour. The time, time flies when you're having fun. Hope you guys are having fun as well. Joel donated five dollars. Hey, that's super nice, man. I don't I don't know where that goes. If that goes to my profile, I will buy a Starbucks coffee on you tomorrow. If it goes to Pace, he's probably enjoying some sushi right now with that. So either way, we are grateful for it. Ooh. All right. Let's let's see. Final quite oh, Shane. I saw you've posted this a couple times on market pre foreclosures. So a lot of times, if you're going to be trying to, uh, you know, reach out to anybody that has their property already listed, that's in pre foreclosure. It's going to be harder because you have to, especially if you're going to try to do a creative finance situation with them, because you have to work with the real estate agent that's taught to live in a box most of the time. And if it's not, you know, cash or conventional financing, it's going to scare the the real estate agent and it's going to, you know, have them thinking that it's illegal and they don't understand it. So you can do it. Um, you just have more hurdles to overcome and you better be 
an expert if you're going to be going after those because you're going to have to deal with the gatekeeper, which is the real estate agent on those deals versus going direct to the seller and being able to have a candid conversation with them and being able to work through it and try to help them. Because the real estate agent's already going to be sitting there thinking, how am I going to get paid on this? Ramon, it's the value. It's the info that brings the value, not the quality of the screen. Hey, appreciate that. That's what we're here for, all, all the value. But now we can just look a little prettier on, on the way. <laughs> Bryson donated $5 too. That's awesome. I, I don't, again, I don't honestly have any idea where that money goes, but I um, probably, I don't, I'm not sure, but we appreciate it. Ooh, here's a good one. Are you typically closing your deals in one call or on follow-up calls? Most of the time it's, it's more than, you know, it's multiple calls before we get deals closed. Like more, most, more times than not, it's going to be five, 10, 15 different you know, follow-ups before there's actually going to be a deal that gets closed because you have to think about it, April. These are like, this is the person's biggest asset in most cases. Like most of the people that were helping from pre-foreclosure, it's their primary residence and they've never, you know, they've maybe bought one or two other properties in their life. So like, this is a big deal for them. So most of the time, no, you don't just get on the phone. You're like, Hey John, Oh, you want to sell? Oh, we can help you this way with this unique thing called subject two. And trust me, I'm a good guy. And, you know, it, it usually takes like phone call, conversation, understand their situation, phone call, and you know, talk to them about their situation, give them options, phone call. Well, you know, none of your options are working. I don't know. Maybe we'd be a good fit. And they're like, maybe you would. And well, what does that look like? And then there's conversations around that. And then you're, you know, you get to a point where obviously if they've relinquished any other option on the table, then they're going to come back to you and say, well, you know, let's, let's go ahead and move forward with this. Right. So that's typically more so what it looks like. And then sometimes you're competing with offers, you know, so it usually takes multiple, multiple conversations before that's going to happen. Um, somebody said, how do you find someone that's in sub two? So um, if you're in sub two, in the comment section, share that. Say, yes, hey, hit me up. I'm in sub two. There's a lot of people I'm sure that are listening that are. And then you could also go in again, the creative finance with Pace Morby Facebook group, go introduce yourself and say, yo, sub two students, connect with me, help me out. Yep. Like Effie said, you need to build a real relationship that takes, it doesn't always take months. I wouldn't say that it, it's always going to take months to, uh, to get that deal put together, but you know, uh, more oftentimes than not, it can, it's going to take, you know, weeks or months. Uh, so, you know, that's just something that you have to, um, have to have to know. I'm going to finish it on this question. My mood. This is a good one. When a title company contacts the bank about how much is owed in back payments, wouldn't the bank find out that the subject uh, that it's a subject to sale and object to this transaction? So it's a great question. But so this is how how this typically works is most of the time, Mahmood, the closing attorneys or title officers, they're going to send uh, you know, something either requesting it, depending on the bank, you know, uh, via fax, email, 
snail mail, like something like that requesting it, or they're just going to be calling in literally to a call center, Mahmood. It's not like some actual true professional sitting at the bank, like, what are these people doing that are trying to reinstate? How do you know what type of transaction is occurring here? Like all the title companies doing is they're calling or, or emailing or mailing or any any of those ways of contacting this bank and just identifying, hey, I'm working with the homeowner. They are looking at situ at at options of how to make this loan work. One of those options is reinstating it and getting the mortgage totally caught up. So no, the bank isn't going to object that. And when and all they're communicating with them is we just need the reinstatement figures. It's just pushing paper at that point. the The bank's just going to send out the the documentation that says this is what you need to catch the loan up. Again, remember, banks aren't in the real estate business. They're in the lending business. They want their loans paid and they want their loans on their books to look good so that their stocks, stock values look good so that their you know portfolios look good. Like that's what banks are trying to do. They don't want to take the property back and, you know, cause issues. So that's typically what we see happen. They're, the title company isn't calling and saying, oh, there's a buyer taking this subject too and I need the reinstatement. Like They're usually a little bit smarter than that and they're going to tell them like, hey, I just need the reinstatement. So they're not going to do that. So hopefully that was helpful. There's a lot of people that said, yo, I am in sub two. Like hit, hit these people up in the comment section. And if you're listening to the podcast and the recording, jump on live Sunday night, 7 p.m. Arizona time, always 7 p.m. Arizona time. All you weirdos that live in states where you have daylight savings time, we don't do that here. So we stay on AZ time. So hopefully that was helpful. If you guys, again, are getting value from this, the way that we get uh, you know, uh, excited from doing this every week is the emotional income that we get. So you know, sharing this with your friends, going on Instagram, following Pace, following myself, tagging you know, things that were takeaways from you from podcasts that we do like this. That's what truly gets us excited. And we love seeing the stories that come out of you know, the, the content that we share every single week. So I love you guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Pace and I have the sub two mastermind next week, but we will be back next Sunday, 7 p.m. Arizona time. We will see you later. Have an amazing week. Get out there. Take action. Please don't just come on here and listen to this and get excited and do nothing with it. Go out there. Make it happen. Have a great week, everybody.